Thank you for joining us. You've reached The Spiritual Frequency, a podcast about magic, metaphysics, and mysticism in the modern era. My name is Dana Jean Walter of The She Shed, the Camp Athena, and Sonic Priestess, and I'm here with my coat and hort in crime, Miss Tangie Cassidy of Grown Ass Witch. Hello, my love. Hiya. Hiya. Um, so I, I don't feel like I need to apologize, but I should explain when we get started here. We have just gorged ourselves on sushi. Sushi <laughs> and boba, boba tea. Yeah, so we may be on a little bit of a sushi and boba high. We might. It, it, it's probably a high high probability of truth there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So how, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about something that's very difficult for me. Well, it doesn't have to be difficult. No, but it is very difficult for me, and that is the topic of glamour magic. Yes. Yes, the glamoury. The glamoury. Yes, which I'm... The glitterati. I'm sure that it was a, a skill that I picked up from my Pictish elders. So we come from the Isle, where the elves are, and, and they are the, I think, the most original practitioners of glamour magic. I would probably agree. I mean, they don't all look like Legolas. No. <laughs> they just can't. <laughs> and yet. And yet. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult... It's not that I don't love it and I don't find it to be useful at times. It's just very difficult for me to apply it to me, even though I probably unconsciously do a lot of it. Oh, I would say so. <laughs> because she knows me. <laughs> <laughs> but because when I'm in, to engage in it in a conscious m manner as a practitioner or practicer of magic, mm -hmm. that's... Mm. Well, let's get right into that then. Okay. Okay, so here's here's my, my hot take on this. Um, the reason why some people are reticent to approach glamour and glamour magic and glamoury is this. Um, there is ye old double standard, the double-edged sword for uh, women in uh, Western society, which says, be pretty, but don't be vain. Yeah. Right? Be attractive, but that should be, you should be more than that even though that's all we see and that's how we judge you is based upon what we're seeing on the visual data and we generally don't give people that we don't find visually appealing enough time to get to know them to see what is really glamorous and beautiful about them. So if you come from a society that says, well, women who spend a lot of time worrying about how they look are shallow and petty, that makes you feel like you're being shallow and petty because you're putting some effort into the energy that you're projecting out into the world. And that is some nonsense that we need to tackle on a personal psychological level so that you can understand your soul is infinitely more beautiful and brilliant than your body can possibly encompass. And the purpose of glamour magic is to either share that with people or hide it from them. And I think too, for me, there is that edge of darkness. And when I say darkness, I don't mean like it's bad, but it is a maybe we ethically and morally questionable in terms of glamour being a way to move people in a direction that you want them to go in, which then tackles the problem of free will and whatnot. I, and my, I don't know if that's my dark Galadriel. <laughs> it's like, I shall rule them out, I shall be queen. Um, so there's some of that, as well as, you know, I struggle with my own self-worth and value issues like anybody else. So it's the, 
double-edged sword of also like being perceived as glamorous or beautiful because glamour isn't always about beauty either right. or or being pretty it's it's getting people to see things the way that you want it to be seen in a in a way that you get to control yeah there are some people who i, I believe like to control <laughs> yeah there are some people who i believe use glamour magic to project an air of confidence and competence which maybe they are not actually entitled to, who I do not think are physically um, seen as the most attractive people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna name any names, I think you know exactly who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but they get away with projecting this air of confidence and competence, which makes people believe in them, mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that maybe those promises are completely empty. And I think that that's glamour magic being used on um, a number of people, if not the entire world. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it can be used for very small acts of glamour and very large ones. Um, it depends upon your intention and how much energy and time you're willing to devote to it. I do believe that it's something that is um, exponential. You do a little bit and 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 the next thing you know you've crafted an entire image that you project out much like an actor or actress might put on the persona of the character that they're portraying right and i know you're comfortable with that yeah i you know but that that is also has a totally different intention and a and a is a goal oriented you know I need to, this is the job that I need yep. to do. So then when I do that job, if I'm successful, then my, if I have a director or if I'm directing myself, I know that, yes, I have achieved that goal. Yay me. Well, and you know the inherent pitfalls and hazards mm -hmm. in putting on that facade and um, the kind of people that it may attract to you that um, maybe you weren't, you didn't throw the net in the water for those fish. <laughs> no. <laughs> those are trash fish. Throw those away. <laughs> Those fish aren't, them's not good eating. <laughs> so, or them's um, not good at eating. Yeah, no, no good, no good. Um, so, I mean, we're all familiar with like how glamour magic works in books and TV and television shows and movies and whatnot. It, but we also like as practitioners are aware that that's not exactly how it works. When I was doing research on this, I was um, looking up uh, glamour magic, glamour spells, uh, beauty magic, um, glamoury, and I found a lot of information out there that were glamour spells about things like how to change the color of your eyes and uh, how to how to change the shape of your face. And I was like, okay, I've never had any luck with that, but if you have, please let me know. <laughs> well, then you know you look at contouring makeup and right. contacts boom does that for you what's so hard right. with the ether there are mundane methods that you right. have to seems a lot of work for something that you could just go get <laughs> we're not talking Any great drag queen will tell you that <laughs> we're not talking about being ursula the sea witch and turning yourself into a fetching young human to grab prince eric's attention away from ariel here um we're talking about changing sort of like the energy that you send out and the way that it attracts other people's focus and attention. Correct. Um, so the real uses of glamour magic are just, they're not that dramatic. They can be very useful. Right. I think though too that the, the history entomology wise of the word glamour. Oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. 
you know? It didn't really start showing up until like the 1700s, really. In, in, but but the, this whole like idea that gram, the word grammar and the word glamour actually have the same root. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me. I ran across this really awesome essay that was written by, um, let me see what her name is here, Autumn Whitefield um, Madreno. She wrote a great essay in 2013 um, called The Dark Art of Glamour. Now what was, I guess not ironic, but just kind of funny is that she, it, she has in the past been a copy editor for Glamour magazine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And because, so she, she had, she was, what did she call herself? A, a glamour grammarian. And those of, those of her peers that were also doing what she was doing, she, she called them sorceresses. Well, because they are. Because, yes, you know. But in just talking about how, like, grammar is about the rules that basically become of language. Mm -hmm. But glamour also has its own rules about how you encode or code what the visuals are to get people to perceive you in the way that you want them to perceive you or not perceive you. So, the, yeah, we're doing that with the, sort of like the definitions bit. So I'll chime in with my part so we can see that these things collate. So glamour magic is a form of magical enchantment in which the magician enchants themselves or items that they surround themselves with by altering or amplifying their personal energy to produce a specific emotional response in others. Correct. Um, and so... This has to do with coding what others are seeing. Mm -hmm. And she has, she, the article is really amazing. It's, it's uh, hosted out at thenewinquiry.com is where this article is housed. And it's just really fascinating because it really talks about glamour itself is not in, an in-your-face up, although its results can be an up-in-your-face result that your brain says, Oh, Veronica Lake with her lipstick and her hair over her that's glamour or Hollywood is glamour mm -hmm. in fact glamour magazine originally started as glamour of Hollywood magazine and was they were kind of like following the stars and things and then it just kind of fell away and became this little poor sister of Vogue well I think they wanted to make it more accessible to more well, people because right? what they were then decided to reframe themselves as many magazines do over time uh, to keep their relevancy, but they really geared themselves after the working girl, like the girl that was out working in the, you know, after World War II, the career girls, and mm -hmm. they couldn't necessarily achieve the jet setness of Vogue, but glamour could help them glamorize themselves with making it seem like they had that kind of an edge. Right, because glamour is not necessarily just in the realms of the fabulously rich and famous. Right. And one of her quotes was, glamour cannot be purchased. Glamour is adult. Um, but though it can be purchased, it can't be created out of thin air mm -hmm. either. Um, it is both postmodern and yesterday. It's an accomplishment. It's magic at its core. <laughs> so I was like, yes, bitch. I totally agree with you. I get it. But she, so she then refers to like where it comes out of, you know, Scottish heritage and things like that. But she talks more also about how it's not just reserved for the people of a higher caste. It's, it's available for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a feminine thing. Regardless of gender or lack of any. Right. <laughs> right. And it has to do with you have to have the subtleties and the experience of your life 
in which you pull that information for that coding out of. And that when you look at somebody, like you're really into this aesthetic, you're really into that kind of pinup girl, um, you know, Betty Pagey kind of. Yeah, it's some weird past life stuff. Yeah, right? <laughs> but when you put that on, when you decide, when you get up in the morning and you're like, I'm gonna be a pinup girl today and, I, and we're getting together and you show up in like a polka dotted frock with like lipstick and, you know, big bun rolls in your hair. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she's in a, she's in a pinup girl mode today. I know that's an aspect of your personality that you want to express that day and you've got your lipstick and you're all cuted up and everything and um totally fuckable like it's like that but that's that's the glamour that you're putting on that day to take on the world yeah and i do that for me mm-hmm. which is another which is another aspect of it which is about me projecting confidence and glamour out into the world more as a means not to attract attention but to fence out people that are not worthy of my attention mm-hmm. that sounds terribly arrogant and nope. i make no apologies <laughs> not you know because it, it keeps like like uh like she's saying in this article it keeps people at a different distance they can behold you and be like oh but they don't get to come any closer than you want them to. Well, I mean, there's a there's there's a difference between what is sexy and what is glamorous. I think sexy is touchable. You know, it's it's tangible, it's touchable, it's come hither, right? Whereas glamorous is, you're gonna have to earn that, or you're gonna have to be between me and the red carpet. Yep, because you don't get to come in this zone. Yeah, the the velvet rope is around, and you have to be introduced to that strata before you can before you can be immersed in the glamour of that person what you may find then (laughs) is that it was something that was just performative and illusory to begin with and that is oftentimes difficult for people to come to terms with well and i think too like i also look at glamour as a form of of personal armor right it's offensive and defensive correct and and it isn't always pretty you know, so I think it also can be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when, when I, when we were working convention life and I was in production mode because I have a tendency, cause I know so many people and you don't get to see a lot of people. And then you see them at this event for four days and they're like, Oh, I'm going to say it. And I have to put a glamor on myself to be not seen mm-hmm. as a six foot five fat diva moving through on hotel of thousands of people that a bunch of them want to get up and hug me, but I'm on a mission because I got a headset on, I got people talking in my head and I got to get from one point to the other and I can't be hindered. Right. So I put on the glamour of how the fuck do you disguise a six foot five fat diva running through a hotel very fast. And then people, I would scare the shit out of people if I would take it off for a moment and they'd be like, shit, where'd you come from? (laughs) Ninja. Right. That is a form of glamour magic too, because I'm making myself, who should be very obviously seen, not. Well, because sometimes you want to be noticed and sometimes you want to be a shadow. Right. And that's all glamour. There's, it's everything there and in between and, and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm hoping that we just don't get super hyper-focused on the, on the beauty aspect of it because it's so much more versatile right. than that. Um, I have noticed... Uh, I think that the word glamour has been um, is being sort of like 
stealthily replaced by the word aesthetic, and I don't dig it. Agreed. Um, the use of glamour on social media, it's commonplace. Like, I think that many of them aren't even aware that they're performing enchantment, but every Instagram post that I look at, it seems like they're all about, like, projecting a specific vibe or an aesthetic, um, trying to be seen, right, in a certain way trying to reinforce like I'm a, I'm like a edgy goth dude or I am a I'm a, a white cis like 25 year old witchy girl yeah. who likes crystals and yeah Sedona and wearing wearing bikinis on horseback and, and what have you that's fine they pick this thing that they want to project and they reinforce it by using the tools of glamour which may not are necessarily metaphysical but as above, so below, my friends. So every time you're snapping on a filter on your photo, every time you're putting on makeup, you're putting on a wig, you're changing your lighting, you're changing your angles, that's all physical stuff that's taking place to curate that image that you want to send out. But huh, it's also taking place metaphysically. It is changing you and the way that you project your energy. And every time you do that, you're reinforcing those changes so that you just start to wear that glamour just sort of automatically. Automagically? Ooh, I like that. Ooh, Ooh. automatically. Trademark, trademark. Write that down. Trademark, trademark. Yeah. Automagically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so over time and consistent use, that glamour that you've been using just becomes part of who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that can be as subtle or as bold and in your face as you want it to be. It can be used to showcase your inner most authentic self like the beauty of your shining soul you can put that on display and people who know what they're looking at will see it and recognize it and will not be able to look away from you or you can hide who you are entirely and there are some people who are very good at that too we tend to call them tricksters right mm -hmm. um, so people who use gl glamour magic understand that when people encounter it there is going to be some dis-ease when they encounter it because we instinctively know that you're doing something to make things appear as they are not and maybe we can't put our finger on it but sensitive people especially will encounter that i have the personal anecdote i have always had a horrific aversion to clowns <laughs> ditto because after many, many years of psychotherapy, I have a problem with people who hide who they are. And clowns put on makeup that not only disguises who they are, but they contort their features to show a mood or expression which is not in alignment with what they are actually feeling. And as a child, I picked up on it, and I didn't like it, and I had a visceral response. And when I say, like, I have a clown phobia, I'm sure you're all like, oh, my God, she runs away from the circus. No, no, no. I end up in the back of squad cars because I punch people in clown costumes because I don't like it. Um, my fight-or-flight response on that one is tune to fight and fisticuffs immediately, um, so much so that when I go to uh, costume parties, with my friends, they will absolutely prohibit people from wearing clown makeup into the party if I'm going to be there because they don't want the violence. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't appreciate the glamour that's being used. 
because to me it is disguising a lot of just inauthentic kind of sometimes like really ugly nasty garbagey behavior um ed game comes to mind you know and that was that that was some really nasty evil horrific behavior that was being hidden behind a mask of joviality and i did not respond well to that kind of use of, of glamour magic it to me again all all magic is neutral um, and it is the intention of the user which makes it um, good or bad or malignant or benign or something in between um, so be aware though if you are using glamour magic and you encounter sensitives they may be a bit standoffish because they're trying to see what you really are it's really, I mean, it's a totally n not necessarily related. I mean, it is sort of related to the topic, but it brings up an interesting thing about clowns because I have a huge aversion to them as well. But what I've realized is I have an aversion to, to a specific type of clown. Okay. So what I, what I hear when you were talking your own personal experience, I'm like, oh, I don't like the American you know, clown of like the Shriners clown and the, the big... The like big, all the floppy feet and the big huge like <laughs> with the, the big, big fake smile. However, I have a healthy, absolute admira admiration of respect for rodeo clowns because they're stunt people who endanger themselves to protect the other riders when from the wild animals to distract them, and that's a type of of glamour as well because you have to interact with this animal to get them away from the people that they've just thrown in are pissed mm -hmm. off at. And also, I don't have that feeling about, like, clowns at Cirque. Mm. You know, the French-Canadian clowns or the the European clowning that or the street clowning we have because they're so clever and they're so talented with their... And that my energy feels that, whereas the energy I feel from the, you know, like, sad... Americana clown kind of thing is like a whole bunch of sad sacky kind of dark energy. Yeah, no thank you. I don't like that, but the 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 intelligent, highly creative trained clown, like I just I don't know. Like it's it's I'm realizing it's weird. I'm like, those are all different types of glamour, but they're about what is the intention behind it. Well and and the wearer. Yeah. Right. And and how crafty they are at wielding what they do. Yeah, not to I, say that there's not American clowns that are lovely and bring a lot of people joy. Yeah, I'm them. just like, but, no no clowns, no mimes, no kabuki. <laughs> I think it's it's the distortion of expression mm -hmm. for me that really, that I really, it's, there's cognitive dissonance right there on the surface because I can feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I look at you and it, and your face doesn't match what's coming off of your energetic vibration, it makes me very uncomfortable. And I know people mask their feelings. That's part of like coping and being an adult and moving through the world. It's like not everybody needs to know that you're cl clinically depressed at work and that you, when we ask how you are, we just want you to say that you're fine so that we can move on with, with your day. But it reminds me of one of those drug commercials that's out where they carry the, the like paper plate with mm -hmm. the smiley face on a stick with them and and they talk about how this drug on top of another drug helps them which for some people that it does and that's great but it is that those those commercials bug the shit out of me they're creepy right yeah. they're creepy um 
wild tangent. Let's just ride that one back into the rodeo. Bring rodeo. Come on back in. <laughs> Get in the bucket. I will in allow one in rodeo clown in one barrel per year. <laughs> nice. I don't want to fight a rodeo clown. <laughs> no, they're, they're pretty tough. So, but the same can be said for the same kind of glamour, like when we perceive somebody to be like a glamour puss. Yep. Or, you know, it, the, do we feel trustful of them usually? Well, and that's it. It's that, that suspicion is just like right under the surface. When I think about Anna Nicole Smith and I think about the guest jeans model and how beautiful she oh, looked in those photographs. I just photographs, found I had those. I still have them. Right? And how happy she looked in those photographs. And yet to know about her personal life and to know that she was, she was not happy. No. Um, that's, that's difficult, but that glamour was projecting, I think, an air of confidence and uh, self-esteem that she deep down inside didn't have. And it may have made people around her distrustful. Um, for me, I just, I just, I look at people who are glamorous and using glamour magic, and I hope that their intention is to magnify who they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's why I think her article was the dark side of glamour. I yeah. think that was a really perfect example of the fact that it is not as we see it. No. And you know, at the end of the day, you're going to come home and you're going to take off your, your hair pieces and your wigs and your barrettes and your makeup and your false eyelashes and your corset and you're going to be hanging out in probably a stained t-shirt and some yoga pants with no eyebrows with chocolate sauce on your <laughs> chest and you're probably still beautiful it's just that the world has a very narrow scope of of what is glamorous and i think it would be good for us to start expanding that that sort of like narrow catalog to include some other things mm -hmm. So that's kind of some background on like what we're talking. Again, we are not experts on this topic by any means, although Tangie's Glamour is very, very, very positively. I've seen it work amazing things. Um, it's not happening today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, just kind of an idea of where the framework upon which we're building this episode on today, which is our perception of it as a society, our perception of it as um, people who everybody's working it somehow yeah and in case you haven't picked up on this in any of the previous like 27 episodes that are mm. out there now on the spiritualfrequency.com <clears throat> we are <laughs> download, download, rabid download. rabid feminist and part of glamour magic for me is reclaiming femininity and using it as the powerful thing that it is it's decoding the things that says that you know what is feminine is weak what is feminine is something that should be subdued and quiet and looked at and and never really explored for having any kind of intellectual capacity. I look at my glamour magic as a way of empowering myself as a woman, of using my physical attractiveness to get me entree into places so that I can have critical conversations with people to enlighten them to the fact that not only is my heart strong enough to pump blood to all of my beautiful appendages, but also to my big juicy brain. And that has been a thing for me since puberty. And I have 
no intention of stopping. Mm-hmm. None. So that's why I am so fierce about my femininity and my glamour and how I present myself in the world because I want it to be known that not only do I wear lipstick and do my hair and wear high heels and uh, fishnet stockings and cute little provocative dresses, not only can I do all of that and swing dance, but everything that you do, pal, I have to do backwards, right? And in high heels, as I believe Ginger Rogers was fond of saying. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain amount of power in that femininity um, the ability to attract the gaze of the white patriarchal society and say oh you're looking at me now you're paying attention to me now all right i've got a laundry list of things we need to sort now that i have your attention (laughs) (laughs) whereas my form of glamour is not that my form of glamour is very much in a person's face saying, you, nobody tells me no. You know, good, good luck trying to tell me no. Even if that's not how I feel, maybe I feel like, oh, they could probably say no, but if I, you know, present the option to not, the, the option to say no has been removed from the table. <laughs> um, that's also a different kind of glamour because we all do it. Like you go into a, a job interview, mm-hmm. You can't tell me that if you're if you truly want to get the job, that you're not going to use every single tool that you have at your disposal, of which is what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. How are you presenting your confidence? If you don't have it, how are you faking it till you make it? How are you presenting that your intellectual side to show that you're you understand the scope of the job and feel that you could take it on and improve it for the company? Like it is an audition. Mm-hmm. And as a producer and as a person in the theater world, like you have 90 seconds in an audition to, to convince the people that are casting the show that you are the best person for the roles that they're looking for. That's not a lot of time. And you actually have less time than that. Because I usually, as a producer, when I'm looking at your headshots that have been previously provided, you're up there, you're, you launch into your piece. I can tell within less than 15 seconds if I want to work with you or not. And if I don't want to work with you, I'm already flipped the page and I'm looking at the person that's coming after you and I'm not even listening to what you're saying. That's how hardcore it is out there. So mm-hmm. you, if you're not engaging Glamour Magic to get where you, get where you need to go consciously, wow. <laughs> you well, know? okay, personal anecdote time or wild tangent. Um, I am going to reveal something about my past. Ooh. I used to work in politics. I did, I did. But I did not enter the world of politics until after I had a breast reduction because what I was encountering in the world as a big-tittied woman was that I was not taken seriously. It was assumed because I was busty and cute that I must be a moron, Um, that I was something to be looked at but not something to possibly have an IQ above four. And I did not even consider going into the serious work of entering the political arena until after I got a breast reduction because I knew that the way people viewed me would be counterintuitive to the work that I wanted to get done. And that says something about the society that we live in and how looks impact everything. I'm going to reveal something else to you. 
Um, not only is my IQ above four, it is significantly above four. I am not a dummy. I'm not gonna say that I am always the smartest person in the room, but I'm normally one of the smartest people in the room. And to be treated like I was nothing more than an inflatable sex doll when I walked into job interviews was absolutely demoralizing and anguish-inducing in me. And I had to go to the extreme limit of having a surgeon slice open my breast and remove my breast tissue so that I could be taken seriously as an adult woman. And it was a thing to behold, and it sucks. This is why glamour is my magic of choice. Mm -hmm. Because I know how powerful those physical impressions are. And I did not know how to control the gravitational pull of my titties upon the male eyeballs. <laughs> well, my titties are bigger than you had to deal with and you had to contend with a lot but because they're riding on a six foot five body that's in everybody's face directly directly in their face there i have a similar glamour that i use to deter to tone that down which is a very masculine energy to counter that that glamour is the um, unconscious glamour that I am constantly using to and it, it affects when I'm teaching uh, women in sword work because when I talk about how women are perceived in business mm -hmm. I cannot include myself in that example because I rare, rarely experience what other women experience when I'm in a room of people my glamour demands that you're listening to me. So many women do not have that experience. And so I have to really make sure that I am aware of that privilege that I have. Well, and understand that we all have to get to a place where we reconcile uh, the physical appearance that other people are responding to. And that's sort of like the first step, I think, in becoming a practitioner of glamour is sort of like getting a baseline right of like this is how people are responding to me naturally in my natural state this this is where their eyes go this is where conversations flow to like if you are an attractive young woman and the conversations are always tinged with sexual innuendo then you probably realize that the energy that people are picking up on and the physical attributes and the coding that they're getting honey it's not about you it's about them and the way they're interpreting those things. But there are some things you can do to shift that energy um, without going so far as going to a surgeon. Had I known that before I made that change, I might have picked a different course, but I find it unlikely. Um, just given the my stature being a, a very small person, mm -hmm. um, it was getting more and more difficult to carry all that around. <laughs> yeah, so there's the, there were a couple contributors to that decision yep but a large one being that I think be, I mean not to say that I haven't met people who are very small in stature as women who hold a room and are fierce as fuck yep because there are many 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 but it, it's just in terms of things that I'm noticing like my glamour a lot of times especially as a performer mm -hmm. is one of protection for the audience 
from me and protection for me from the audience. It kind of creates a buffer mm -hmm. for me to make sure. And, and in, in a lot of ways, isn't that also Glamour's purpose is to filter what comes to you so that it's vetting, right? It's a vetting process. Well, and to filter what you give away. Mm -hmm. um, because there are things about ourselves that maybe we don't want people to know. Mm -hmm. um, and if if they are good at reading you, if, if it's just sort of like on you and you don't know how to sort of employ stealth and shadow to obscure the things you would rather people not notice, then you're an open book and that can be vulnerable right. and dangerous depending upon the people that you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. um, there is something I have noticed um, there is a certain energetic signature that um, people who have been through some sort of abuse trauma give out that predators can pick up on. Like chum in the water. Yeah, from, you know, 10 miles away. It's like they can feel you there. Um, because, Narcissists have that ability yeah, too. Yeah, it's crazy. So how do you learn to shield that? Like if you've been through some abuse and trauma, how do you learn to shield that energetically so that you're not vulnerable to being preyed upon by the next predator that's out there? sniffing that scent yeah yep and glamour magic is super good for that mm -hmm. um and not only that sort of like going through your energetic signature and figuring out how to shift that can actually help you shift the trauma mm -hmm. which is very useful and powerful and i think something that we don't think about when we think about glamour magic because again we get caught up in the beauty aspect um but we don't realize that sometimes beauty is editing yep and it's understanding with intention what it is you're actually you know what you're layering mm -hmm. you know it's an onion it's it's the like I don't wear a lot of makeup in my everyday life not necessary you know I, <laughs> you're sweet. Um, but I love my lips and when I do like I used to have like my friend Pam and I used to have this crazy obsession with going out and finding the wackiest ass colors <laughs> that we could possibly pull off really dramatically mm -hmm. because if we're gonna be here because she's like six two if, if we're gonna be here on the planet and be these large imposing women I am gonna give you a fucking show right my dad and I had that conversation once at the State Fair where I was like it, I had gone into high school uh, making a decision which I think I've talked about in the past where he found me in the vestibule crying and he was like why are you crying little girl and blah blah and I made a decision going into high school that I was going to basically employ glamour magic without understanding what it was and I decided that I was going to emulate my favorite new age pop bands and I was going to dress like them in my northern northern small town <laughs> and be one of the weirdos and I would I started thrift shopping and finding all this stuff and and writing graffiti and political slogans on my clothes and wearing berets and all, you know, coloring my hair and whatever. So, it, whereas, you know, you've done the goth, you know. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, goth chick. And uh, the thing about, you know, goth chick was that uh, she she wasn't messed with. Right. right? Um, I'm wearing all black um, and silver jewelry and, and whatnot as a means of protection, but also as a means of emulating shadow because I didn't want to be noticed. Um, before I adopted, you know, my, my goth persona in high school, like every day I was sexually assaulted in the hallways of my high school. Like every day somebody would come up and put their hands on some part of my body that they had no right or claim to. And they certainly didn't have my consent. And 
when Gothcheck showed up, that behavior stopped. Mm-hmm. Because either they weren't seeing me or what they were seeing was so off-putting that they just were not interested in, in dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what my grandma was. I like When you look at pictures of me in middle school, I am sitting in my chair hunched over to make myself as short as possible and, and, and tiny and small. And when I went into high school, and I wasn't like an introverted kind of flower. I was doing all the things. And in high school, I even jumped in further and did all the things. So I, it, so I, my dad was noticing at the state fair. He's like, doesn't it bother you when people look at you the way they do? And I said, dad, I am a, at that time I was like six, four already. You know, and he's, I'm like, they're, they're looking anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that what they see is what I choose for them to see and not what they want to see. I can't control what they see, but I can project what I'm interested in them perceiving, which is the don't fuck with me, mm-hmm. right? Because I spent a whole bunch of time in my formative years not wanting to be seen and crying every day because I felt like a freak. So I was like, I embraced the freak. And, and moved on to it. And then I became like even, even a bigger freak with doing the Renaissance Festival <laughs> and getting to like act in that way, interactive theater wise was so liberating because everybody around me was doing it. So we could just run around on the Island of Misfit Toys and be like, right? Um, but I also recognize how much I, like I had to have black in every costume. Mm. And I had one season, one season where I did not have one bit of black on me and I went for pretty. Nobody saw me. They, I would be standing right in front of them and they'd be like, oh my gosh, Dana. Like I just appeared out of nowhere. But because I was not using that particular glamour that they were used to, I didn't even register. How do I not register? The vibration, baby. I told you your energy <laughs> signature is huge. <laughs> So uh, I never, ever then allowed there to be non-black in my costume. Mm. I, you know, that the Renaissance Festival was actually sort of a 180 for me because, you know, goth chick was hiding who she was and covering up my assets, my considerable trucks of land, <laughs> and uh, went out to the Renaissance Festival and it was a 180. You know, they were on display. And what I found was as long as I was in character, I didn't really give you know, a flying fig Newton, what anybody said to me about any part of my anatomy. But if I let that mask slip and got comfortable and walked around like myself and I just happened to still have a costume on, I mean, you saw the results of yep. that. Yep. Um, being verbally abused by women because of the size of my considerable tracts of land being on display at the Renaissance Festival, by the way, which is why you go there is to see people in costumes and the women normally have corsets and big boobs. I mean, that's that's part of it. I don't know why you would expect otherwise. Um, but it was devastating for me and it like took me all the way back to high school again. And I just remember like running backstage and just being torn apart. I think that was like the moment like you and I really became friends because you were just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I did not know this about you. Look at this vulnerability. This is so endearing. Come here. Let me squish you on my boobies yeah. so you can just cry because <laughs> I, with boobies like this, totally fucking get it. Yep. Um, so yes, glamour, magic. I think for me, what I'm hoping to achieve with, you know, having the bravery to, to take this topic on with you 
is that I wish to shift some of the glamour magic that I have been doing as unconscious to a little bit more conscious and also adding some of that pretty factor in for my own self-love journey. Um, I haven't worn, like you gifted me that lipstick a couple weeks ago and I put it on, Anna Nicole was the name of the lipstick by the way, um, and I took a picture of myself and posted it as like, oh, I'm working on some self-love and oh my God, that, po that photo blew up. <laughs> like no one's been really commenting on my posting of any pictures because I have not been, a, I've never been a selfie girl. Yeah, she doesn't thirst trap. I do not, well, I don't know about thirst trapping it anyway, but. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I put that out there and it was like, everyone's like, holy crap, that color looks great on you. And it was sad because you had like got it for yourself, but it, you didn't feel it looked it good It was on not you. good with my skin tone, but I thought it would be good on you and I was correct. <laughs> But so I, I have not been wearing, you know, lip, like lip, I love my lips. So like wearing lipstick is never a problem, but I just haven't done it in a very long time. So being able to bring that in because I don't do that for anybody. I do that for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, maybe we should talk about glamour magic because yeah. you're so good at it and I'm not in a conscious way. Well, and, and that's just again, it's just a shift in habit. We are not priestesses of discipline. That episode, yeah, is, episode in season is in one. season one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we're working on it. And glamour magic is, is something that is certainly, uh, there's, a, there's an amount of like routine and ritual in there. And it doesn't mean like every day you have to get up and do a full face of makeup and do your hair and put on your cutest little outfit. But every day you should take some time to add some layer of glamour magic to you. Even if it's, you've enchanted your body wash right you've enchanted your deodorant you've enchanted uh the your shampoo your shampoo or your perfume or your toothbrush so that you always have a dazzling smile like just small acts of magic and they add up i'm about layering your magic it's really interesting to me because i was thinking about this as was i was prepping for the r d for the show and my mother was not a big makeup wearer either. My mom was worked in a mill. She was, yeah, you know, so why? So why, right? Um, but the times that I did encounter as a child, my mom getting ready to go out for an evening with my dad or what have you, and she would wear makeup on occasion and do her hair. I was always fascinated because she always used liquid eyeliner even mm -hmm. back in the day and she would you know cat lift her makeup little kitty eyes little kitty the eyes flick. The little flick at the end and i watched her and then when i started learning how to put makeup on myself i did that too and i still to this day that is an element of magic that will always be my connection to my mom that i will always do because to me it may, I may have a makeup artist say, oh, that's not right for your eye shape or whatever. Be gone. But it, it is because it is a part of my mama that is always magical to me. And that's where I learned it. That it, so that is always kind of at the, when I do do makeup, it is at the root foundation of my eye work. Yeah, there's no wrong way for you to do makeup on unless it makes you unhappy, right? As long as you're hey, happy with it. Be a fop for a season. Yeah. That's some unhappy. As long as you're happy with it, go out looking like Mimi from the Drew Carey show. I mean, as long as you're happy, go for it. Yeah. You know? Because um, that's power. 
you know, that's self-confidence, which is the sexiest damn thing on the planet. It is. Um, other things that you enchant with glamour magic, and this is something that we've encountered recently. <laughs> Calm down, lady bits. I know. I know what's coming. Your body ink, your tattoos. Mm-hmm. People who get um, tattoos done generally, generally, put a lot of thought into that work because it's permanent. And there's generally some real significance to why you're putting that ink on your body and why you've chosen the design that you've chosen and the colors that you've chosen. So why wouldn't you use that as glamour magic? Why wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity to weave your intention, to project confidence, to project trustworthiness, to project sexiness um, into your body? I mean, it's on all the time all the time. It's glamour magic that once you've got it, all you've got to do is give a little thought and bing, reactivated. So why wouldn't you? And I know that we've encountered it recently. I know that we have. <laughs> um, there's still some debate about whether or not this was intentional upon this person's part, but I feel that it was. I feel and that it was. And I'm not necessarily sure, but I, you know, in all the time that Tangie and I have been besties, we definitely have different tastes in what we find attractive. Yes. Um, male or female doesn't matter doesn't matter uh (laughs) and we were at uh one of our favorite restaurants recently having awesome nachos and our weight person was viscerally affecting the two of us it was so bizarre what is happening right now who i yeah so bizarre um, and definitely not what I would consider to be my, uh, my type, or perhaps my type is changing. I don't know. But normally I sort of, I sort of go for like elfin fey creatures. That tends to be my MO. And this person was not an elfin fey creature, not at all. Might have been a centaur, pretty sure. There was something wrong. <laughs> Seder, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but when they came to the table, I kept studying the ink that was visible um, on their body and I got like a a zing my animal body got a zing like there was something more than met the eye Mm -hmm. and you know there were zings in other places but this (laughs) (laughs) we're still talking about it days later this this particular (laughs) zing that I'm talking about in my animal body is like right above my belly button (laughs) Um, like I just felt like a like a tangle there like a like uh like it lit up like I don't know how to explain uh it happens sometimes when you meet somebody that you're supposed to know or Mm -hmm. that you have known um but for me it's bigger than that it normally lights up my whole damn body when I meet somebody from my soul tribe um but sometimes when I meet magical creatures I get that little zing above my belly button right in your solar plexus yep that just is just sort of like oh you're one too, <laughs> and not not to discount the fact that we all are magical creatures. Just some of us haven't activated, and and that's okay. Um, maybe that's not your thing this lifetime. All I know is the best tray of nachos I had in a while too. It was <laughs> very stimulating. <laughs> we dang near licked that plate clean too, which is not like you either. Uh, we ate with <laughs> abandon. It was. It's like, what, what's happening right now? Has the Bacchanal begun? That's right. Am I going to be, a, you know, 
uh, what is it, a myrnid? Yeah. I don't and just like go shredding and eating flesh <laughs> and chewing on the bones. Because I was down with that. I was down with that in that moment. <laughs> so, have not wanted to consume another being in a while. So, <laughs> get on this plate of nachos. <laughs> we digress. I'm going to need some extra guac. <laughs> queso. <laughs> Which he did bring. Um, anyway, uh, so was that an act of glamour magic that was worked upon us or that we responded to? Well, I mm, Jury's yeah. still out. Jury's still out. but we, I, There needs to be more research uh, and more nachos. More nachos. <laughs> we will let you know. <laughs> Let's just take a minute. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. So. Pers- so. <laughs> more personal anecdotes. Um, <sighs> but yeah. So like how you can consciously use glamour magic is uh i think a many layered thing and it can start out be it can be really big or it can be really small and you can work it up so we're trying to like do this new format where we can leave you with some practical applications of action toward the topic Mm -hmm. and and incorporating it more into your practice if you wish right and you know, always like whatever we say, take it with, you know, a grain or a pound of salt um, and understand that your tradition may, may be completely different and your magical morals and ethics may be completely different, um, which is why I, we try to always say like magic is neutral. It's it's the, the magician who decides which direction it goes. Um, glamour magic can certainly be absolutely just sort of this sort of neutral thing that you do just to make things a little easier for yourself it can be something that you consciously use to manipulate other people um it can be something that you use to protect yourself from being manipulated by other people it's very versatile magic and again it's not just about the way you look to people but the way people perceive you on a deep, energetic level. And respond to you. Right. So if you, there are some chaos magicians out there who I am sure are employing glamour magic in kind of a way that I find to be morally flexible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure that it's action that I would take, but I don't begrudge them for doing so. Um, and maybe that's just because I recognize it. Maybe I need to take a closer look at that and see um, if maybe I have a different feeling about that. But I don't think so. Like, to each their own. Um, and, you do you. Yeah, and it's up to each of us as, as like, adults moving through the world to protect ourselves and to be as aware as we can be. Um, and sometimes, you know, eyes up doesn't just mean pay attention to your physical surroundings. It means pay attention to the metaphysical surroundings as well. That's right, because you, it is a frequency that's being broadcast in Glamour Magic mm-hmm. as well. Like, I had a, an, incident, an incident with a, a local pagan gathering that we are wont to go to when there's not a plague on. And I refused to go one year because one of the guest of honors was a um, self-admitted and publicly... Um, acknowledged energy vampire and I did not feel comfortable walking into that environment and I didn't begrudge anyone else who wanted to go or who chose to go or who chose to even interact with this person um, do so at your own peril 
but I was not comfortable being there. So that was me saying, mm, I recognize that this person employs glamour magic to charm other people so that they can feast upon their energy, hopefully consensually, but because glamour magic was being employed, it felt duplicitous to me and I was not comfortable being there. So I chose to not interact. Yep. And that's sort of my responsibility. Um, if you're a magical creature and you're walking through this world, you, you have to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I, I kind of also try to be careful when I'm performing because uh, as Kanji jokingly teases me about cult my, leader. my ability to become a cult leader, <laughs> I have in said spaces, stated spaces that we just referred to, as well as other performance spaces have seen that happen because I use frequency, because mm -hmm. I am a singer. Mesmer. Um, and I'm <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so I, I take that very responsibly. Like I can't control per se what other people, how they respond, mm -hmm. but I can make sure that I'm doing so as consciously and ethically and morally forward as I can for myself. Um, even though I jokingly joke about the dark Galadriel stuff, I, I've kind of been there, done that in other times, life experiences that I feel I've done. So I don't necessarily feel the need to go there this time, but it is something that I have to be super aware of because it's everybody out there is hurting and looking for things that make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, music is a very powerful, powerful magic that helps people feel better. And when I'm part of it, uh, and also employing my own glamour magic to be able to do it, because it's not easy sometimes when you're when you're feeling like shit and you cannot, and you got to pull yourself up by the back of your labia to bring yourself to the stage to go do your job. Uh, there's some glamour magic employed to help you do that and be present to do it, and so you it's. It's a very uh, deft skill mm -hmm. to wield consciously. Mm -hmm. Well, and the power of your sonic gift easily enraptures people, even if that's not your intention. It's I've, an entrainment. Yeah, I've watched people become absolutely enchanted and captivated by you, and I've seen them lose track of time and space and who the hell they are because they are so enwrapped by what's happening to them on a sonic level. And thankfully your intention is always pure and good. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a strong, strong gift that you have, my friend. Mm. And um, with that comes a lot of responsibility and I'm so proud of you and your ability to withstand the temptation to become a cult leader. <laughs> I laugh nervously only because there's it again. I I still remember one event in a park where uh, Pirates was performing, and we literally brought people off the path mm -hmm. to sit down in front, and they just sat there and just eyes glazed over, and they're like, "How are you not famous?" And I know that sounds like hubris, but it was it was literally like the wife could not stop her husband from coming over. They were not interested in what we were doing as a whole collective, but they could not help but come because the magic was so powerful in what we were weaving to bring people mm -hmm. in to listen. So it was doing its job, um, which in itself is also a type of glamour. 
Um, but it was so that they could, you know, be present with, with themselves and be open to what, what the message was that was coming through. But it was just, yeah, it's, it's heady sometimes. Even there are times that I could affect people I knew at festival when I didn't even have to say a word, just a gesture. And it's heady. It's really heady power. I guess what we're saying is be tread carefully. Tread carefully. <laughs> tread carefully. Once you start working glamour magic, it's it's addictive. It's hard to stop. And also, it's, it's easy to become enthralled by it, yep. by someone else. And I think that it's essential, before we switch into segment three, which is practicum, for us to talk again about last week when we're starting our magical journal. If you are going to start doing glamour magic, it is essential that you keep track of what you want and why you're doing it and who you are and that you come back and check in with yourself as you do glamour magic, as things start opening up in your life and start impacting you and the way that you interact with the world because it could be easy to lose track of who you are and where you said you were going mm -hmm. if you don't have the discipline to check back in with yourself. If you are a solitary practitioner and you don't have a trust, trusted, close, magical friend to keep an eye on you who will tell you, hey, <laughs> you have gone off the rails. You said you were never gonna use this to manipulate people and yet you just did that. If you don't have somebody to do that for you, you have to do that for yourself. Um, this, like any other magic, can become highly addictive and it can become the first tool that you pull out of your toolbox. Again, if you wanna change the color of your eyes, get some contacts, mm -hmm. right? You don't need magic to do that. Um, if you feel like you're lacking self-confidence, maybe magic isn't the first stop along the way, but maybe asking magic to show you opportunities to build your confidence will do so, and maybe projecting an air of confidence when you put on your deodorant will help as, as well. But try to start in the shallow end of the pool. Mm -hmm. that, that would be my word of caution, only because I've been there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to save people from like maybe going down a path that they don't need to necessarily go down don't do what i have done <laughs> well and i i know for me like the practicum for me that i want to enact and take action on it are very small little things that have everything to do with me connecting or reconnecting with a part of myself that is able to tell myself that i am beautiful i am worth being uh physically loved I am worth being energetically loved. I have value um, as a magical creature um, to myself and to others in such a way that uh, I can feel cherished, hmm. right? And not um, that I am always the strong bitch that applies the sword arm or does the thing or gets the bus for everybody to get on and go do a thing, you know? Like I'm, I'm always that person. That person's not hard for me to be the vulnerable person the person that accepts compliments on her physical appearance that you know do i need these things kind of sort of we all do <laughs> um so it starts with me like going back to this lipstick thing and just going inquiring i'm like i, I don't i didn't I, I let all my makeup go you know and so now it's like with the gift of some of the pieces that tangy gave me i'm like i want to go makeup shopping you know and again this is not just about 
glamour being pretty, but it is for me. Um, and so those tiny things, the making sure that my hair is always pretty and investing again in, in some type of hair process because I don't like the color of it right now. And I'm going to apply non-magical means to go get that, but I, it is, my hair is magical for mm -hmm. me. It's a huge part of my self-identity and power as a Valkyrie archetype. And so having my hair be right with me where I look at it and go, that's fucking gorgeous. I don't have that right now and I need to get it back. So those are really small things that I'm going to do in a practical way to bring my glamour magic into play consciously. Because all of that other stuff I, I'm not necessarily needing at the moment. I am my own boss, so I don't have to go on a job interview anytime. <laughs> like, unless I look in the mirror and be like, bitch, you need to get your work done. <laughs> Put on some lipstick and be like, okay. Because sometimes putting on just something as simple as your lipstick makes you feel empowered. And that's what I need. Well, that's, that's a hell of a good start. And um, you've kind of caught me unawares because I'm not sure what I want to work on next. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's probably like going through and making an inventory of what I've already got going um, because pretty much every implement of uh, self-care in my house is enchanted with one purpose or another mm -hmm. <laughs> but you got to maintain that too and then right? make sure that you're vetting what do you like it's like going back to that checkpoint for the moral center mm -hmm. do I need all this enchantment now because it's a lot to keep well, up and feed and what works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. um, there are objects in my house that I have enchanted for other people in my household um, to utilize that seem to be having pretty pretty good effect um, so I think I might be expanding on that as well um, I think what I might actually need to do and this is like a silly thing I might need to do some enchantment on my shoes that I wear all the time because my feet hurt mm -hmm. right um, and so what do I need do I need a new pair of shoes do I I need a better pair of shoes do I need better supports like what is what is that metaphysical cause that is coming out physically Correct. that i need to deal with and is that from carrying too much glamour is that from carrying too much weight like what's going on there so um not sure if that has anything to do with my glamour magic but something i'm going to investigate um so before we get into sort of like our exercises for practicum i did want to make a book recommendation um it's a book called uh, Glamour Magic by Deborah Castellano. That's available in paper book and on Kindle via Amazon. And if you are a member of Scribed, it is available as an ebook to download as well. Not sponsored, although if Scribed, if you'd like to, we're feel free. Give us a call. Yeah. Um, this is basically a workbook that has um, experiments in Glamour Magic and personal stories and tales of people doing these experiments and the results that they've gotten and I found it very informative and instructive and just very useful um, in sort of like focusing in some of my glamour magic and adopting some new practices. Um, Dana Jean and I will be doing this practical work as well because we'd like to share our experiences with you and we'd love to hear about all of yours as well and you can interact with us on our Facebook group, uh, The Spiritual Frequency, or you can send us emails to the uh, spiritualfrequencyhosts at gmail.com. Um, these are just ideas. These are just jumping off points for you to get started creating your own magic. Um, we've both had some times in our lives where we've wanted to take action 
and use magic to get some specific results, but we weren't sure where to start. And maybe because of that, we just never did it or we didn't feel that we had the authority to do so. And so we would like to remind you that in season two, our um, real mission here is to empower you to get up and do magic. So if you need permission from someone, you have permission. So it is granted. <laughs> um, so the first bit of practical magic that I would like to introduce you to is one that we are all familiar with. It starts like this, mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> I'll let you finish it. Um, I think it's important to find or create your own magic mirror. Um, so find a mirror for you to enchant. Um, it may already be in your home. It might be waiting for you at a thrift, stop, thrift shop or an estate sale, um, might be online. The hunt is really part of the process. Look until you find something that zings in your body. When you find it, you'll know you'll feel a magnetism toward it. Um, it could be hanging up in your bathroom right now. It could be the vanity mirror that's on your makeup table. It could be an antique, beautiful hand mirror that you find somewhere. It could be a compact in your purse. You'll know when you find it. Um, wait until you find a mirror that just sort of sparks your animal body. Um, cleanse the mirror. This is important. Uh, I would like to do a whole series on mirror magic at some point, but I want to drive this point home. Cleanse your mirror, all right, before you dedicate it to a magical purpose and each time before you use it for a magical purpose, cleanse your mirror. Well, how do I do that? Um, I like to just uh, make my own mixture to cleanse it with a half a cup of vinegar, half a cup of water, and maybe steep some herbs in there. Thyme, lavender, um, sage is fine. What I do is I use a glass Pyrex measuring cup and I put half a cup of water in there and I pop that in the microwave with the herbs in it and bring it to boil and then just let those sit there and cool off, strain them out, add uh, half a cup of vinegar and then put it in a spray bottle and label it, you know, mirror cleansing, mirror wash, what have you. Um, and uh, I guess some other things you might be using, maybe some mullein leaf, whatever your tradition says you use for cleansing, if you can steep it in water, that would be what I would use. Um, there is another thing that I use when I'm creating magic mirrors that is called a condenser um, that amplifies the flow of energy through your mirror. And um, if you're not familiar with this process, if this is new information for you, it's really too much for me to get into here. I would recommend that you read um, The Initiation into Hermetics by Franz Barden. It's B-A-R-D-O-N. Um, really good recipes and instructions there and an explanation of how condensers work. I would get into that. Um, otherwise, I'm gonna do some Patreon-only content uh, with my formula for a condenser, and I think I might do a video about that to kind of give you a step-by-step. -step. Um, so please check us out on Patreon to get access to that. I would love to share that with as many of you as possible. It's stuff that I read in a book somewhere. I'll save you the trouble of reading the book and just give you the instructions. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing you need to do is activate or program your mirror, just like you would with any other magical tool. Um, for the purpose of these experiments, I would say create the mirror to align it with your heart chakra. Um, so maybe uh, make a wash for that where you steep some rose, metal, rose petals, some jasmine, some geraniums, some peppermint, uh, maybe some apple peel into that half a cup of boiling water and allow that to cool, strain out the particulates, put it in a spray bottle or a mister with half a cup of white vinegar and spray that heart chakra 
wash onto the front and back of your mirror and rub it with a soft dry cloth now would be a good time if you have a heart mantra that you like to chant to do that if you have a specific enchantment that you'd like to write to go ahead and start enchanting it by chanting it right um you can use mine uh grab a pen here we go i see beauty i see grace reflected in the mirror's face magic flows with perfection reveal to me my true reflection lovely you can add sigils or seals to the backside of your mirror where that's possible. Again, layers upon layers upon layers of magic. And again, recharge your mirror, cleanse your mirror, and recharge it every time before you do this. So that thing is going to get a mirror wash, and it's going to get a and it's going to get your rose petal infusion before you use it every time. So now you've got your magic mirror. What are you going to do with it? A daily glamour activation ritual. All you need to do, my darlings, is activate your mirror with your chakra wash and your mantra. Sit down with your mirror for five minutes. Look at your beautiful reflection. Identify one feature that you feel is just, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it, right? And concentrate on that. Focus on that until your vision only sees that thing. Just do this for five minutes a day every day until when you pick that mirror up, your eyes just snap to that. Once you're to that point where you can get that intensity of focus on that feature, start to visualize the mirror as bowing out so that when you look at that thing that you like so much, that feature that you like so much that you're focused on, it starts to project that image out into the world. You're gonna walk around and people are gonna start to comment on your really beautiful eyes or your charming smile or that really cute dimple or that fascinating mole that you've got like people are going to start to notice and once you've got that first one in start over again with the second one and just keep layering and layering and layering yep that's a lot i'm sorry you guys i guess i can put that in the patreon too yeah. <laughs> um and uh, you know other suggestions just like enchant your cosmetics and your self-care products yep like your body you know if you have a body wash that you use or something like i and like I know for me with the self-love and the uh, worthiness factor it's the as I'm using those products it's I'm also saying you know keeping them enchanted I love this body this body supports me this this body is strong this body is all the things that my brain t tells it all these negative things and I need to verbally outside because frequency is everything mm -hmm. if you speak it it is so. aloud it is so is a very important part of the frequency experience is that that you can't take that back it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes so speak your truth out into the world speak what you wish it to be out into the world so that it can manifest itself for you so um, working really hard on that because I don't want to waste one more minute of my life feeling shameful or feeling not in love with that part of myself because it is not it is eroding my power base the time for self-doubt is over um as we said in the beginning in episode one of this season uh the time for talking about magic is done it's time for doing magic and you need confidence to go forth right and I, if it's the one thing the pandemic has uh illuminated for us is that we you just we just don't have the the privilege and luxury of time anymore things have to change and they change first with you so if we you know like the the if you want to see change in the world be the change in the mm -hmm. world but you got to do that for yourself so that's why it's really important for us 
uh, here in season two to just constantly have these practicums that we are we are doing as well. <laughs> and um, you know, experimenting with magic is is something that even our teacher has been uh, tapped from the powers that be, saying this needs this needs to happen more. Again, we are magical practitioners who are practicing, right? We're not experting. Nope. We are practicing, and we want to practice with you. We want to interact with you. We want to play with you in our Facebook group. We want to hear from you. We want to know what your results are. We want to see what, how you've done things differently, and maybe that works better than it works for us. Mm -hmm. Look, we're all in this together. Right, so you again, you can reach us on our Facebook group, and you can also uh, follow our Facebook page. Um, we are also with season two being a lot more interactive in those spaces um, after the inaugural year, <laughs> which was during a pandemic. Um, so there's a lot more that we're be doing and you can seek, seek out our catalog of back episodes on the spiritualfrequency.com, wherever podcasting um, you download from can also yep. find that information. Download wherever pods are cast. That is correct. <laughs> Um, which you can now find us also for the first time on iTunes. Yay! Um, so, um, we're also, again, we're really excited to start bringing some Patreon content this summer. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we want to get live and interactive with you. Yeah. And we feel like that's a, that's a good thing for Patreon. That's right. So, so, so that is our take on Glamour Magic. It's just really the tip of the iceberg. Just really kind of a gateway drug for you, so to speak. I feel like we might be revisiting this topic. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, but but right now, that is a lot. Yeah, let's, let's get the magic started. That's right. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> oh, my loves, thank you so much for joining us once again. We cannot wait to tune in and get connected with you again on The Spiritual Frequency.